Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Trusted CI webinar for April 25th, 2022. I'm your host, Jeanette Dopheide. Trusted CI is the NSF Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, and these webinars are part of its mission to deliver high-quality, actionable guidance regarding cybersecurity to the NSF community. More information about Trusted CI can be found at trustedci.org. Today's topic is updates from the Trusted CI Framework Cohort with Scott Russell. Scott is a Senior Policy Analyst at Indiana University's Center for Applied Cybersecurity Research, a member of Trusted CI, and the Trusted CI Webinar All-Time Champion. Um, before we begin, I have a few items to note. First, the presentation is being recorded. Second, participants are welcome to ask questions during the session using the chat box. Um, you just click on it, type your question, um, and we're also set aside time at the end of the presentation for questions as well. With that, I'll hand things over to Scott. Scott, welcome. Thanks, Jeanette. All right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share my slides here really quickly. Make sure I get the right one, as always. All right, is uh, everyone seeing uh, my slides? Yep. Great, thanks. All righty. So uh, as Jeanette said, uh, my name is Scott Russell. I am a senior policy analyst at uh, CACR. I am also the uh, Trusted CI Framework Program Lead within Trusted CI, and I am here in that capacity today to talk a little bit about the uh, Trusted CI Framework cohort that has been going on for uh, the past several months. So a uh, quick little overview of what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time doing something that many people have probably already heard me talk about before, which is just give an intro to the Trusted CI framework writ large. Um, it might be review for some, might be new content for others. Hopefully it won't be too boring. Uh, and then I'm going to move on to like the really the meat of uh, today's presentation, which is to give an update on uh, the Trusted CI framework cohort. I'll explain what that is in a little bit, but that's you know an activity that's been going on for several months. Um, and then I want to leave time at the end for any uh, Q&A that uh, people may have. But moving from the overview into the goals, to be just perfectly frank about what you know our motivations are with uh, this talk, um, number one, we want more framework adopters. This is like an overarching goal that we are just always going to be pushing for. I'll explain what being an adopter means pretty soon, um, but just know it's not a high bar. Uh, so if you're on the fence, it's you know hop over that fence. Come on now. Um, the other big motivation, which is also very self-serving, is uh, we are looking for participants for the next framework cohort. So we've got one ongoing, but our plan is to start another one in the second half of the year. And the, uh, the call for participation is live. So anyone who is interested in participating in that cohort can apply right now, or you know, more realistically, maybe at the end of this talk, once you have heard how fantastic it is. And in support of those two primary goals, we, of course, are here to uh, answer any questions you may have and alleviate any concerns you might have with regard to either adopting the framework, participating in the cohort, anything like that. So if you're on the fence, if you're uncertain, anything like that, I am here, hopefully, to put all those fears to rest and make you a full-fledged uh, framework devotee. So, um, all right. As I mentioned, we're going to start off with just a little bit of an overview of the Trusted CI framework. I'm not going to do the full in-depth talk. I've given that in other places, and you know, you can always reach out, and I'm happy to send you links to those. But just very, uh, very briefly, the Trusted CI framework is at its heart a minimum standard for cybersecurity programs. So, cybersecurity programs being the really key part of that phrase. 
So what it does it is, is it establishes 16 clear and concise requirements, which we call musts. Um, all of these uh, 16 requirements are based on best practices and uh, evidence of what works. These are you know, built directly from our experience engaging with the NSF science community. Um, that being said, it is not limited to NSF science. At its core, the 16 musts apply to any cybersecurity program in the world. So if you're an organization or something like that, and you think I probably need a cybersecurity program, the Trusted CI framework is for you, right? You can picture like, um, like a motivational speaker poster or something like that. This is for you. Uh, the way we break down uh, the Trusted CI framework without going through all 16 musts, which like I said, is a little bit more time consuming, is that it focuses on four big pillars, um, which we call mission alignment, basically making sure that cybersecurity is aligned to your mission, uh, governance, you know, how you actually manage cybersecurity, uh, resources, which is how do you actually, you know, expend the resources to get the cybersecurity done, and then controls, which is, uh, controls is what most people probably typically think of as cybersecurity. That would be something like if you are dealing with, uh, you know, uh, CUI, controlled unclassified information, you would have to deal with a control set from NIST 800-171, something like that. So all of these, we encompass into what makes up a cybersecurity program. I think an important thing to emphasize here is that this is not just another long list of technical requirements. I think a lot of cybersecurity can feel like it's just a bunch of technical requirements, and that is not the level that we are operating at. These are much more programmatic. Uh, these are the sorts of things that uh, anyone in an organization should be able to understand, at least at a basic level. So again, not going to go through all 16 of the musts, but um, just to give you a little bit of a flavor of the kind of things we're talking about, um, we're talking about involving leadership in cybersecurity decision-making, about establishing a cybersecurity lead, commonly known as a CISO or you know, some, a position like that. It says you have to have a cybersecurity budget. You have to adopt a baseline control set. So nothing super like technical or complicated, but all of these are really fundamental if you want to have an effective cybersecurity program. Okay, so the natural question a lot of people will have when posed with, you know, another thing that they might have to do is, well, why should I do this thing too? Or why should I do this thing, you know, maybe not even too, just at all? Uh, because there are a lot of frameworks out there. And uh, a lot of times people can just have framework fatigue or framework overload. And they just kind of assume a framework is a framework. Um, and I talk about frameworks a lot. So I feel pretty strongly about this, but we think that ours is special. Right, I'm sure everyone thinks that, but we really do believe that ours is special. Uh, first and foremost, this one is designed to be doable, right? We say it up front, it's a minimum standard. This is not trying to get you to ultimate security, maximum security, perfect security. That's, that's definitely too far afield. What we're trying to set up is the bare minimum, the stuff that everyone needs to have, you know, or else you're going to have problems. And because of that, it's a relatively low bar which means that even organizations that are real, that are pretty immature in the cybersecurity space should still be able to do this with a little bit of you know work put into it. Uh, second, this is fundamentally designed to support your mission. Uh, this is a this is a problem we see with a lot of cybersecurity frameworks, especially when they become much more compliance oriented. Is that compliance is very difficult to uh, sync with your mission because compliance is applies to everyone. And if it's going to support your mission, you would want it to be tailored to your specific needs. And that is what this framework does, is it fundamentally builds in, it's the first pillar, mission alignment, that says, ultimately, cybersecurity is just there to support your mission. We want to make sure that cybersecurity is actually doing that. 
And I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the ways that we actually bake that into, uh, into the framework process and into the cohort process. Uh, I mentioned this earlier as well, but it is this framework is built from our on-the-ground experience from our research and development. Um, it addresses a lot of common problems that we've seen from actually engaging with this community. So this is not sort of ivory tower, you know, us just thinking deep thoughts. This is really applied. I'll talk about this next point more later as well, but it was overseen by um, stakeholders from across the uh, science community. We, we built a diverse group, which is called the Framework Advisory Board which provided us inputs when we were developing some of our more in-depth guidance on these topics. Um, second to last, I think this point is really important to emphasize, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later too, I'm saying that about everything basically, um, is that this will enable your other cybersecurity efforts. So a common uh, response that we'll sometimes hear when we present, you know, another framework to people is, oh, well, I already have to do, I have to do NIST, or I have to do, you know, ISO, or, you know, whatever other frameworks you're doing. And we think you should still do the trusted CI framework because it will actually enable those other efforts. It'll make your life easier when you're going to deal with controlled unclassified information or CMMC or, you know, ISO or any of these things. Uh, and a final point here, which, um, which we like to emphasize sometimes, is that the trusted CI framework is ultimately more understandable, we would argue, than a lot of other frameworks, particularly to these sort of like higher organizational leadership types. So someone who is not a cybersecurity SME, someone who is more of a, you know, a business role, they'll be able to look at the framework and understand it, at least at the most basic level. They don't need to go into all the implementation details, but they can look at the must and say, I understand what that must is asking, and I can understand why it's valuable to our organization. So as I mentioned before, a very common response we'll hear is, but what if I'm already doing something else, right? If I'm already doing this, do I have to do your framework too? And uh, well, you don't have to do anything, right? We're not forcing anyone to take it, but we think you should. So there's sort of two responses here. One, it's definitely not an issue because there is uh, no conflict at all between our framework and any of the other frameworks that we've seen. If anyone thinks they have a conflict, please reach out because one, I'm pretty sure it's not a conflict, but I would really like to know if there was one. So we don't think there's any issue with trying to do both. We also don't think it's an excuse. Like if you say, oh, I'm, I'm doing CUI or something like that, there is a bunch of reasons why we think that that's not really an adequate response. So I mentioned this earlier, but number one, if you do our framework, it will aid your other cybersecurity efforts, whatever they may be, because this is gonna put in place some of those programmatic fundamentals that a lot of other frameworks just don't address. Uh, the second point here I mentioned that there are no conflicts. You can easily do both. And in a lot of cases, like I said, we think it will help. And the reason why we think it'll help is because it ultimately will close some gaps that a lot of other frameworks are missing. So, you know, just to take an example, and uh, if you're doing one of the, a NIST framework, whether you're doing controlled and classified information or if you're doing full FISMA, right, low, moderate, high, identifies a whole bunch of controls and they even, there's a control in you know, NIST 853, like the big catalog of controls that says, establish a cybersecurity lead. Um, none of the control sets actually require that. And that's one of the things that we do require, which is to say, look, it's not enough to just say, these are the controls that should be in place. You need to have some of these processes and these people to actually make sure it happens, right? You need to have the money to implement the controls. You need people to oversee it, to lead it, to advise the organization on it. A lot of frameworks just don't address the programmatic side of things, and it can lead to a whole lot of problems. And that, again, like I said, this framework is very uh, heavily influenced by our experience engaging with this community 
and seeing these problems hands-on. Uh, and finally, it's easily incorporated. So if you are an organization that thinks it's doing pretty good at cybersecurity, right? You've, you know, you've got your, your baseline control sets and everything, then you'll be able to very easily incorporate our framework too. If you're already doing good at cybersecurity, then this won't be a big lift. You'll basically you know, just do like a quick activity and say, oh, we're actually doing good on all of them, or maybe we're like missing one. So whereas some you might think like, oh man, another framework, that sounds like a lot of work. If you're really doing well, it won't be a lot of work. And if you're not doing well, you probably would wanna know that you're not doing well because then you can start making the changes you need to make. Okay, so when I think about some of the things that we think of as selling points when talking about the framework, there's a whole bunch. This is not an exhaustive list, but these are just a couple I wanna highlight, particularly as we talk about the cohort. Uh, the first is that this, uh, this framework specifically addresses strategic planning. This is something that we think is really important for the next bullet point, which is leadership communication, which is that you really wanna have more than just you know, some technical controls. You wanna have a vision and a way of communicating that vision to your leadership so that cybersecurity is actually incorporated and you get that mission alignment that we think is so important. Um, our framework is also very flexible. We have 16 musts, but the musts are not, you know, you have to have your uh, whatever firewalls configured in this such way. Um, they are about establishing fundamentals, but those fundamentals can be flexible in the way that are actually implemented. So we say you should have a cybersecurity lead, but we don't say they have to be a full-time S, you know, cyber SME paid 200,000 a year. We, know, like, we don't go into any of those details. We just say, no, you need to have someone in charge and here are the core, the bare minimum requirements for them. Outside of those bare minimums, lots of flexibility on how you actually go about implementing them. And in our more in-depth guidance, which again, I'll talk about in a little bit, um, we highlight some of the ways that we think maybe uh, you could go above and beyond the minimum standard that we would recommend, but again, not required. Uh, I already talked about this as well, but focus on the mission. This is something that we're always going to come back to. A lot of cybersecurity frameworks are just, they're very focused on the cybersecurity part of it and that they don't incorporate the mission and make cybersecurity actually work in service of that mission. And that's something that's, you know, it's the very first must, it's the very first pillar. And finally, uh, we actually talk about money, which is something that a lot of frameworks are kind of reluctant to. Uh, because we recognize that this stuff is not free. You know, it takes people, it takes time, it takes, you know, it takes money to buy the tools that you want to use. And we think that you need to talk about that if you're going to talk about doing cybersecurity well. And uh, the final point, just as a bonus, we don't tell you what controls to implement. So if you are someone who feels strongly, you know, like we've got our kind of control set up pretty solid, we're not going to come in and, and explode that whole thing for you. If you think you're good, then you're good. Um, but if you do want input, then we are very happy to provide it. And we give guidance on sort of how we would recommend to do things. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't go into specifics about controls. We just, you know, we say you need to have them basically. And we put in some like procedural baselines for how you should do with those. Okay, so I mentioned up top, first goal of the two primary goals for today are we want more framework adopters. And adopter is actually like kind of a term of art for us where we, we have a very specific meaning when we say adopt. So adopting does not mean that you have done everything, like that you're done with cybersecurity, that you've, you're a master of the framework. Adoption is a commitment. Adoption is your way of saying, no, we want to use the framework. We have decided that this is going to be our foundation for our cybersecurity program. 
we are going to, you know, we're going to build it around uh, the trusted CI framework, make each of the must a strategic priority, but it's ultimately that commitment, right? You don't actually have to have completed anything. You could have base effectively no cybersecurity program, but you've set up the plan and say, okay, we've adopted the framework and we are going to use it. And in five years or something like that, our goal is to be implementing on all of them. So that is what adoption is. It is designed to be easy. This is like the sort of relatively low bar to get over. Implementing is the higher bar. That means you've gone beyond just making the commitment. You've actually done all the work and you're either, you've either self-assessed and said, we think we're good on all 16, or you come back to us, you know, at Trusted CI and say, we would, we would want like an engagement or something to see like, how do you think we are doing? So that's the longer term goal. And this is an area where I think a lot of people will probably be in a position where when they adopt, they will be implementing on a good number of the musts, you know, maybe half, something like that, but then they'll still need to work on some of the others. And so, you know, the goal of implementing it then is to work on those trouble spots. Because in our experience, almost everyone is doing good on a couple of things uh, and almost everyone is struggling with a couple of spots and there's no commonality, you know, people, people vary quite a bit. So if you're already sold, right, I'm just, my, my, my dulcet tones are just, are just so compelling, then you can adopt right now. It's, you know, there's no super formal process, but we would like to know about it. So a couple of things that we can uh, suggest here is one, download our badge. You got the link to the, uh, the Trust CI Framework website right here. And there's a big old button that says download our badge. You can put that badge on your website. Your cybersecurity program is built with the Trusted CI Framework. Uh, we also recommend uh, downloading our implementation guide. Talk a little bit more about this in just a second. That just provides more in-depth guidance on how to implement each of the musts. And then we just ask that you let us know, right? If you're using the framework, if you think this stuff is valuable, uh, just email us, let us know. And um, we can even get your logo added to our website if you want. So we've got you know a bunch of framework adopters on our website already, but we would love to have more. So if you're using the framework or you want to use the framework, please reach out. Okay, so... Going beyond just adoption, if you're like kind of bought into this world, what are some of the resources that are available? Talk just a little bit about um, a couple of the big ones that we like to highlight. The first is the Framework Implementation Guide for Research Cyber Infrastructure Operators. Uh, it's a little bit of a mouthful, but when you break it down, it's very simple. So the first part is this is just an implementation guide. So this takes the 16 musts and it walks through how to implement them in greater detail. So instead of just like a one sentence that says, you must have a cybersecurity lead, it unpacks what we think that means. And then it, this uh, framework implementation guide is specific for a group of you know, organizations, which we call research cyber infrastructure operators. That just means people who operate research cyber infrastructure. So again, pretty straightforward, but a, a little bit of a mouthful. Um, and what you'll get in the framework implementation guide, um, in addition to just going into what the must mean in a little bit more detail, for each must, we've uh, laid out a roadmap for how we think a uh, just a solid way for establishing mature, a mature security program, mature cybersecurity program on that must. We give you a roadmap to do that. Um, we offer tailored advice for overcoming just some of the common challenges that we've seen in this space as we engage with RCOs, you know, research cyber infrastructure operators. And also we include just a ton of pointers to resources that we think are valuable and that might be useful when you are attempting to tackle this must. That includes um, some of our like publicly available tools and templates and also third-party uh, resources as well. 
I mentioned this earlier, but um, when we were building the framework implementation guide, we didn't do it in a vacuum. We, we put together this group called the Framework Advisory Board, which was a uh, you know, multi-institutional team, very diverse. We had people from you know, higher education. We had people from DOE labs. We had people from NSF major facilities, all providing input to make sure that the, uh, it, you know, the recommendations that we provide are both you know, salient, that they actually make sense for the community, and also that they're doable, because we don't want to make a whole bunch of recommendations that are so lofty that no one actually gets them done. And then a couple of other resources. Um, again, if you're just looking for something that you can just pick up and use right away, we have um, a whole bunch of templates and tools available on uh, the Trusted CI website. Uh, highlighting just a few of them that have been recently updated to really co uh, coincide with uh, the publication of the framework implementation guide. We've got an updated MISP, you know, the Master Information Security Policy, um, updated um, incident response policy, and a new document, which we call the Cybersecurity Program Strategic Plan. I'm gonna talk about this more when we're talking about the cohort, but this is basically, um, when, we, when we talk about strategic planning, we're talking about the strategic plan. So all those are available at the uh, Trusted CI Framework uh, website. Okay, um, I am then going to move on. Well, I guess I can pause. If there are any uh, questions in the chat, that would give me a chance to uh, drink a little bit of water. So far, no questions. Um, those of you who are in the room, you can see I posted links to the framework cohort application once uh, Scott impresses you with the, <laughs> the prizes you'll win and uh, <laughs> um, the, um, the link to the slides. Sadly, there are no prizes, although that is a good idea. I should, I should, I should incorporate some like little goodie bags or something for people who are good cohort participants. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears and talk a little bit about the uh, framework cohort that's been going on since uh, January of this year. But in order to do that, I wanted to give just a little bit of background. So um, not the full history, but just like sort of like recent events. Uh, we published the framework implementation guide in March of 2021. And then immediately we um, engaged in an almost year long engagement with Noir Lab. The whole goal there was kind of to test out the framework implementation guide to see if the guidance that we've been providing actually worked. So we, um, we, we, we went into this eight, I forget exactly how long it was, several month engagement with uh, Noir Lab entirely focused on framework adoption implementation. First half of the year, we focused on an assessment or like the more assessment part of the engagement where we looked at their program, we wrote a report with recommendations. And then the second half of the year, we shifted to monthly workshops where we focused on basically the highest priority items from that engagement report um, and then helped Noir Lab make progress on implementing them. So, you know, the goal here, we want to just take action on the highest priority recommendations. And one of the things we found is that we really liked this workshop approach where it's a relatively lower time commitment for both Noir Lab and for Trusted CI, but it's also in these longer settings. We get to you know, focus a little bit more on some of these deep dive topics. And we thought, okay, we like, the, we like the framework assessment. We think it works really well. And we like these workshops. Our goal now is we want more people to be doing this, you know, and particularly NSF major facilities, who is you know, a strategic focus for Trusted CI right now. And doing one-on-one -on -one engagements is just kind of slow, right? That Noir Lab engagement took, you know, the better part of a year. And so we had the idea of, well, what if there was a way that we could scale this whole process? So we can engage with more facilities at once. And that was the motivation for the framework cohort. So we basically took the core model of the Noir Lab engagement, which again was entirely focused on the framework. 
and said, instead of doing one-on-one, -on -one, what if we had a group engagement with you know four to six facilities over a six-month period? Same goals, though. We're focusing on framework adoption implementation. And immediately we saw some strengths from this. The, the first and most important one was it just it scaled the process much better. So instead of, you know, if you imagine if we've got 20 major facilities we're trying to get through and each one takes a year, well, you know, 20 years is a pretty long time. But if we can do six at once, then suddenly that changes the whole process dramatically. So, um, but there were some other benefits that we we anticipated as well. And again, I'm gonna right. This is I'm I'm putting on the hat of me in December roughly. So before I'd even experienced any of this. Um, the first one was uh, major facilities would get to learn from and with other major facilities. So it wouldn't be just like a whole bunch of siloed organizations. They're all participating in the same workshops and they can learn from each other as well as from us. Uh, it still provided the uh, opportunity for in-depth guidance, um, but it also did it all with a much lower time commitment for these facilities. So anyone who's participated in a trusted CI engagement knows that it can be anywhere from a moderate to, you know, you know, it can be a, a fair amount of time if depending on how much effort you put in, that's going to impact how valuable the resources you get from us are going to be. And we wanted to build something that was uh, scaled back. So it was very constrained in the actual time expectation for the uh, participating facilities. So these were all sort of like, you know, motivating strengths. Uh, and then the target outcomes that we are going for, and I'll talk about each of these, you know, as I get into what's actually been going on. First, every uh, every cohort member will have adopt, uh, formally adopted the framework. So I mentioned before, adoption is that low bar. So that's something we basically did upfront. Uh, and then each cohort member will also um, leave with a validated self-assessment of their cybersecurity program. So this is the process we're using where these organizations are gonna, we're teaching them to self-assess themselves. And then Trusted Sci will basically take that self-assessment and provide input on it and say, well, we think you didn't consider these factors as much, or we wanna know more about this before we give you the thumbs up. In some cases, people will say, oh, we think we're, you know, we're kind of struggling on this topic. And we'll look at it more positively and say, no, we actually think you're doing pretty well and you're not giving yourself enough credit. And then the third uh, prong was to develop strategic plans for each of the cohort members. And uh, the goal of the strategic plan, ultimately, it does a couple of things, but it um, what we're trying to do is say, okay, we've done a self-assessment, we figured out which musts you're implementing on and which musts still need some work. And then we're gonna create a strategic plan that is going to get you to implementing with the rest of those musts. And we'll set out a timeline for what we think is reasonable to do that. The plan does more, but I'm gonna talk about that in a little bit. So when we think about like the selling points, so we've been going through this process for a while. We think it's been going really well and we're about to start up the next cohort um, this coming July. Uh, so if you're kind of thinking, well, maybe, you know, is this something that could be interested in? Uh, here's some of the selling points. I mentioned the, you know, a little bit before, but it respects your time. So we're trying as hard as we can to make this as small of a time commitment on your part as possible. Uh, we want it to be a good return on investment for your time. And so our hope is it's basically asking for one three hour workshop a month and then no more than eight hours of homework. And um, we haven't finished the process yet. So I, unfortunately I don't have like the data from all the cohort members to be able to say how many hours they actually spent on the homework. I would guess it's much less than eight, but um, our, the questions that we're asking, we're targeting no more than eight. So you're talking 11 hours a month for what we hope is going to be ultimately a really valuable process. 
Uh, the second point is that leverage is collaboration. So as I mentioned, you aren't just engaging with trusted CI, you're also engaging with all of your peers. And as we found, it is really helpful and really interesting to just have these different major facilities in the room talking about the same issues and how they've approached it in different ways. You'll have some who are doing quite well on some, others who are really kind of struggling with it, and there's ability to uh, you know share lessons learned, you know provide recommendations. In some cases, just talk about tools that they've had success with or challenges with. And uh, the third point is that you will be getting uh, diverse insights from a team of uh, trusted CI members. So it's not just like you know me just like going at it on my own in like you know a dark room or something. We have um, we have a, we have. A, I'm, I'm, like nine, nine or 10 trusted CI team members who um, all collaborate, who are all looking at the responses that we get and uh, providing input you know, into uh, how we think they're doing and ways to potentially improve it. So a little bit about the first cohort so far. So um, we have had six NSF major facilities participating, uh, Gage, LIGO, Noir Lab, NRAO, NSO, and OOI. Uh, if you don't know the acronyms, uh, so I'm not going to expand them all right now, but they're all NSF major facilities. That's like the really key part. And for people who aren't super familiar, there's only about 20 NSF major facilities because those are like the really big investments. Uh, we are about to conduct the fourth workshop this week, in fact. So everything I'm going to be talking about has all happened in basically just three workshops, you know, three three-hour workshops. So we have produced uh, preliminary ratings for 15 of the 16 MUSs for uh, each major facility, approximately. Um, the, the, the last five of those you know, are, are basically being finalized right now. Um, all of these ratings are designed to inform that strategic plan. So like I mentioned, we're doing this kind of two-pronged thing where we're assessing the cybersecurity programs. You know, we're evaluating just like we're having, we're, we're, we're having them self-evaluate and then we are validating. But the goal of that is to figure out all right, what are the problems with the current cybersecurity program and how do we get those to a good spot? And so that's what the strategic plan is going to do. So all of these ratings are going to key into, all right, these are then going to become strategic objectives when, we are, when we're thinking about our planning for the next three to five years. And uh, as I mentioned, strategic planning, the next step, uh, so basically after this current, this upcoming workshop is going to be to begin developing those strategic plans for each cohort member. Uh, and the strategic plan does a couple of things. I think I've got a whole other slide on it, so I won't go through this in any great detail. But it's not just an internal document for like the cybersecurity lead. This is actually an organizational document designed to help communicate cybersecurity to leadership. Because that's a problem that we see a lot of times, that cybersecurity, it's kind of sequestered because it's all, we're talking in our own language. It's, it's more technical than a lot of, you know, sort of the C-suite level um, individuals might be comfortable with. The goal of this document is to put cybersecurity in those mission terms, to make it understandable to leadership, to get leadership buy-in and support, to make it so that you can actually achieve those objectives that you're trying to get. And of course, as I mentioned, we're trying to get uh, each organization to ultimately be implementing on all 16 of those musts. We recognize that that's not something that's going to happen overnight. That's going to take a little bit of time. And so you need that strategic plan to help you get there. Okay, so a little bit about what the cohort is like just at like a workshop to workshop level. So I've, I've defined here like what I call the basic cohort cycle. Um, because if you think about it, we've got 16 musts. For each must, we, uh, we actually do this in groups, but for each must, you're basically going to get uh, some training from Trusted CI where we explain here's what the must is and here's how to evaluate it. 
and we give uh, we give the cohort members a series of questions, not too many. You know, we try and keep it constrained again because we're trying to respect your time. But we give you training on here are the questions and here's how you should go about um, figuring out your current organizational posture. So, and then we send each cohort member out with homework. So we give you know training at the end of workshop number one. We send you away with you know eight hours of homework approximately. You come back the next month having filled out your homework assignments. In the period, uh, in the intervening period, Trusted CI will review your homework responses, uh, create some preliminary ratings, and then we're going to have the workshop discussion. So the goal of the workshop discussion is um, everyone has kind of like gone off and answered these questions on their own. Now we want that group discussion. We want to, we want all the major facilities to be able to talk with each other and with Trusted CI to understand, um, you know, if they have any questions about it, if they are, you know if they have challenges or if they have success stories that they want to share. Um, we found value in all of those, I think. Uh, people being able to come in and say, here's the must that we are doing really well on and here's how we got to that state. That's going to be really helpful. One, just to make it clear to others that it's possible, right? This isn't just pie in the sky, but also because it lays out like a path that some other uh, major facilities might be able to follow. Um, a little bit more about what the cohort uh, is like. Each of the workshops I mentioned, you know, cohort members will share success stories, challenges, questions. Um, we, we, I think we're doing a good job of making sure that we are hearing both the good and the bad. We don't want this all to be doom and gloom, but we don't want it all to be, you know, patting ourselves on the back. We want to make sure that we're getting a good balance. We also want to make sure that we're getting um, practical experience from, uh, from other cohort members. And so we've had, you know, really good conversations. Um, both about like technical tools that people have used to address specific problems, you know, like establishing asset inventories is a, is a common one, your password managers, that kind of stuff. Um, but also it's on uh, some of these more complex topics, like how did you actually get cybersecurity to have regular meetings with your organization's leadership? Like that's, that's something that a lot of organizations struggle with and hearing success stories can be really valuable on that, on that front. Um, the entire workshop is um, conducted with um, an understanding of one, we want open sharing, right? You don't, we, the goal is not to have people show up and listen, but not talk. We want everyone to be sharing, but we also want to understand that um, people are sometimes, uh, you know, nervous about the confidentiality of the information that they're sharing. And um, so we laid out up front uh, when we started the workshops, this is going to be the information sharing protocol and uh, made sure everyone was comfortable with that. So we've been very clear on how all that information sharing works so that everyone is able to share without, you know, fear that anything they share might be taken too far. And um, finally, um, you are going to learn from trusted CI team members about the musts. And because we want you to hear from other major facilities, we think that that's really valuable. But we also think that we have some valuable thoughts too. And uh, we will definitely chime in when, uh, when either we've had experience in engaging with facilities or any other experience that we might have. Uh, final point I just note about uh, the cohort workshops is, I mean, obviously we're still only going through the first one, but we found that basically regardless of where you are uh, with your maturity level, that there is probably going to be another cohort member who is similar. You know, we've, we've seen this pretty commonly where someone will say something and then others will be like, oh, I'm actually pretty close to that. And you can almost see some other cohort members who will be kind of like a little bit quiet at first because they're like, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like that. But then when they speak up, someone else will say, I'm actually in a very similar position to you. And these, you know, so there's a lot of commonality. Um, you shouldn't go into this. You shouldn't think that, oh, I'm, I'm too immature as, as a cybersecurity program. 
I won't be able to provide any value. I don't think that's the case at all. I think you're, you're going to find value in this kind of regardless of where you are maturity level wise. Um, uh, just a, a little bit of a more uh, detailed point about when we talk about ratings. Uh, this is a this is something that we developed when we were engaging with Noir Lab because we got the 16 musts and we wanted a way to give you know a general sense of like well where are you on this must? Um, we didn't want to just make like a pure maturity model for a couple of reasons, so we developed our own rating system. These are called um, you know the must implementation ratings. And there's four ratings here. Uh, won't go through them in, in crazy detail, but as you see down here at the bottom, we've got not implementing. That means you're doing little to nothing. You're not making any systematic progress for the must. Developing means you actually are making progress, but you're not there yet. So you've set out a plan. Um, they're like, there's work that needs to be done, but it's not a chaotic mess is that you've actually got some focus to this. Implementing means you have met that baseline uh, the baseline level of competency. You are essentially green, right? Green is the good color on these kind of charts always. And then our highest level is optimizing, which means not only have you met that baseline, but you're actually going above and beyond it. Um, and the reason I, I highlight this is because we basically wanted to have a very quick way of representing, okay, so what does my kind of program look like? Uh, you know, without having to go into too much detail or a whole lot of words, and pictures are just great at that. So it, it boils down to kind of like a heat map where you get a sense that, okay, red means got some problems, green means good, blue means great. And you can look at this very quickly and get a sense of like, oh, okay, so I'm doing okay in some areas and not so okay in other areas, you know? So kind of middle of the road. Okay, and I think I am pretty close to my last slide or two. So I'm gonna talk just a little bit more about uh, strategic planning because um, this is one of, the, uh, one of the big selling points of the cohort is that we're going to help you develop these strategic plans. As I mentioned earlier, our cybersecurity program strategic plan template is available on the website. Anyone can go and download it and start using it right now. Um, but just a little bit about how we're approaching strategic planning. So first point here is strategic planning is kind of like, uh, it can be a little bit overwhelming if you are new to it because there's a whole lot of people who have thought a whole lot about it and there's not always a whole lot of commonality. So if you just say like, oh, I just need a strategic plan and you Google strategic plan, you'll get a wide variety of things. And you might say, I don't even know where to begin with this stuff. Uh, that was kind of the boat I was in when I first started having to think about this. And so in order to kind of alleviate that, and also because we recognize that a lot of organizations probably do strategic planning in some capacity already, and a general rule with the framework is we're not trying to, we're not trying to like get in the way of something that's already going to exist in your organization. And so if you have a way of doing strategic planning, that's great. We don't want to get in the way of that. If you don't, we've put together, you know, basically we're using the simple method. It is literally called the simple method for strategic planning. Um, I had a natural appeal because I don't want to make things more complicated than I have to. So that's just as a little bit of background on if you are more familiar with strategic planning, we were using the simple method. Um, I've sold, mentioned this earlier, but a big selling point of um, creating these strategic plans is that it is a way to facilitate leadership involvement. If this is an area where you have struggled with as you know, a cybersecurity professional, just getting the leadership to buy into or even you know, really kind of pay attention to cybersecurity issues, you know, other than incidents, which have a natural sort of way of making people interested in them. 
Um, this strategic plan is our way of facilitating that. And the way it does that is by connecting cybersecurity objectives to the organization's mission. So when you break down the strategic plan, it only has four, four components apart from, you know, it has like a cover page. But when, I, when you get to the meat of it, it does four things. The first thing it does is it defines the organization's mission. So this is irrespective of cybersecurity. It just says, what is the organization trying to do? And this isn't like a mission statement, which you might see on like, you know, a web page, because those tend to be a little bit more fluffy. They're like externally facing marketing tools in some cases, not always, but in a lot of cases. This is you no know, gen genuinely like, what is the organization trying to do? Are we, are we making shoes? Are we trying to you know, enable scientific discovery? Are we uh, facilitating others to make scientific discovery? Like, are we support? Just what are we actually trying to do? Um, and this is really important because that is the terms on which your leadership will be thinking, is they will be thinking in terms of the organization's mission. And so when you're creating these strategic plans, don't try and come up with your organization's mission on your own, right? This is the sort of thing where you go to your leadership and you say, what is our mission? Like if you were to put it down into you know, a paragraph or four bullet points, what are we actually trying to do? And hopefully they already have that somewhere and they can just you know, kind of port it over. But that's the first step. The second step then is to define the cybersecurity program's mission. And the way you do that is you tie it back to the organization's mission. So the cybersecurity program is not just doing cybersecurity off on its own. Every single thing the, the security program does is trying to support that organization's mission. And now you are putting your cybersecurity mission in terms of the organization's mission. So if your leadership is like, I don't even really understand what cybersecurity does, we're making shoes. And you say, well, here's all the ways that we are facilitating our shoemaking operation, right? You know, we're keeping the infrastructure up and running, protecting it from attacks, you know, ransomware or whatever that might, you know, take down our infrastructure. We're protecting reputation by making sure that we don't have data breaches. But every single thing will then be contextualized in terms of organizational mission. So now if your leadership is thinking about cybersecurity and cybersecurity program, they will understand that value. The next step then, because now we've kind of like, we brought them on board, we put it in, in, in mission terms, is you want to lay out a strategy. So you say, okay, this is what the cybersecurity program is trying to do. Here's our approach for actually doing that. Um, cybersecurity strategies are a big topic. So this is something that you would learn a whole lot more about if you participate in the cohort. But there's a bunch of different ways that you can approach cybersecurity. You might try to be the, the walled garden where you say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna have really, really strong perimeter defenses and just keep all the bad actors out. And that's like our primary strategies. We want to just be a super strong castle. Or you might say, actually, no, we think we're probably going to get hacked a whole bunch. We're going to have incidents or whatever. Um, our goal is just to be able to respond and recover very quickly. So rather than trying to be the impenetrable gate, you might say, no, we just want to be rapid response and recovery. A whole bunch more. Uh, I won't go into, any, into a ton of detail on this, but just noting that there's a bunch of different strategies that you can take. Um, but the goal here still is to get leadership buy-in on that because they might hear rapid response and recovery and think, oh, that's not going to be good for our reputation if people think we're having incidents all the time. Even if we're recovering from them quickly, we're still having them. So really good to involve leadership on those kind of discussions. Um, and then this final point here is once you've got a strategy is you just lay out that timeline of milestones and strategic objectives. This is where you literally say, okay, we've, we've figured out all the high level stuff we're trying to do. Now let's put some like, let's put some dates down where it's like, okay, we need a cybersecurity lead. We've established that. When are we going to hire them? Is it going to be in, you know, 1H 2023, 2H 2023? Um, 
Because, I mean, especially when you're thinking about this, ultimately this document's going to leadership. If you say, yeah, we've established we need someone to lead our cybersecurity program. We're going to hire, we're going to start hiring them in two years. That doesn't sound so great. So when you actually put, you know, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Okay, so I think I covered everything. Hopefully you are now super psyched about the framework cohort and uh, being a framework adopter. Uh, as I mentioned, the second cohort uh, application is live. So if you're interested, if you're, what I, what I was talking about sounded cool, go to this uh, application. It should take you less than two minutes to fill out. It's, it's basically just give us your organization, your name and your email, and, uh, and we'll take it from there. If you have any other questions, um, you know, either for me or for, you know, Trusted Cyber at Large about the cohort, anything else, you can also reach out to us. You know, we've got the info uh, link down here. We've also got a framework specific link if you want to reach out there. But other than that, um, that's all I've got to talk about. I'm happy to answer any questions anyone might have. Uh, we've got some time and it might be complicated. So if anyone wants to unmute, can you raise your hand? Um, and I'll, I'll try to manually uh, enable your microphone if anyone has a question for Scott. Uh, while people are thinking it over, can you go ahead to the, uh, toward the end of the slideshow? Um, yeah, stop there, thank you. Uh, I'll announce the uh, upcoming webinar. The next webinar that we'll have is Monday, May 23rd at 11 a.m. Eastern. And our topic is ransomware with Ren Isaac. And our presenter is Sarah Bingham. Um, I'll leave just a few more moments for people to type or raise their hands. Yeah, and as I mentioned, um, if if you have a question, you know, moving forward, or if you're watching you know, this this live, you know, this, if you're watching the recording of this later, um, you can always reach out uh, to us, and we're happy to answer any questions you might have. Yes, we are very excited to send this out uh, once we wrap it up because we do want more applications to come in. So, <laughs> I'll be um, sending out the slides and the video for this probably later today. Um, and I think I think we're we're in a good place here. So why don't we wrap things up? So uh, Scott, again, thank you so much for presenting. Do you have any final comments? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. All right. Um, oh, we got it. One more question. It sounds like the next cohort is starting this summer. Will there be a framework cohort at the beginning of the next year as well? Uh, yes. Good question. Uh, that is the current plan. Is that we're we're trying to basically run these in six month cycles. Great, right. So if if it's not a good time now, that doesn't mean you completely missed your shot. Yes, you would. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Okay, all right. Well, uh, those of you who are watching or listening, please send us your applications. And with that, I think we'll we'll call it a day. So thank you again, Scott. Everybody else, have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.